I said Scott's D's in your face. I said Scott's D's in your face. Everybody now, Scott's D's in your face. I said Scott's D's in your face. Oh, my <laughs> God. Welcome, everybody. It is the Emergency Podcast episode of the Card Chronicle Podcast. We have, this is only, what, the, the fifth or sixth one of these we've done. It's been a long, long time. I think the last time we did an emergency podcast was the night that all shit was breaking loose on the U of L athletic department. Like it was the night Ty Ray was going to leave for Florida state and then ended up just retiring. And the night that we found out Neely Bendapudi was probably going to go be the pe- uh, president at Penn state. And we didn't know if Scott Satterfield was keeping his job or what the fuck was going on. So this is going to be more fun than that. Um, we promised we were going to do it. If, if Louisville knocked off a top 10 team in wake forest, uh, not only did they do that, they did it by 27 points. We're going to get into all that, but promises delivered. We're here for you guys. Uh, Dan Sennard is feeling loose in Columbus. He's got the family up there. They've been having a good time. Uh, how ready are you for this thing to get rolling? Oh, God. I mean, we are just on cloud nine here. Just had a fucking great dinner. Um, the red wine was flowing. I'm current setting, just a picture for everyone I'm on my back porch. Uh, we did, we, we had to put the, the, the fire out before we left for dinner. So smoke pouring out of the, uh, the campfire in the patio with a new riff bourbon, just overflowing while I'm watching Tennessee, just absolutely butt uh. fuck Kentucky right now. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it is, uh, it is good times right now in Columbus. Out of all the things we've said on this podcast, I think we've made it two and a half years without saying. I know that was a little extreme. Tonight. I feel like my mom's gonna. I like My mom's it. gonna listen to this. This is this, this is what the emergency podcast is for. This is what the people expect when we get a a little loose on the emergency pod. And uh, on that note, allow me to say, Dave Clawson, how's it feel to be a baby back bitch, you <laughs> bitch? Like, I mean, I, it was like. The whole time, I wish it, we just had like a, a, a gif of like Shawn Michaels doing the DX suck it, like right in his face the entire night. Oh. Uh, I mean, after the first, I mean, let, we'll talk about the game, but like the first half, I'm not going to lie. I was on absolute tilt. I was like, well, I, I don't know if I can do this anymore if we're going to get fucked like this. But I mean, geez, just the third quarter was just, I mean, one of the best quarters of, of football I can remember as a Louisville fan. I you're you're totally right. Like I've got I'm down in the basement right now. Just got John John to sleep after celebrating his first birthday party, which was woo-hoo, awesome woo-hoo, time with the John family. John. Was I mean it was fantastic. Like cards roll. We were able to watch like the whole game and like we even got to like didn't have to watch the last five minutes. We got to start presents early because Louisville was up by twenty seven points, which was like right when we sat down, we had you know just another turnover. I was like, is this is a fucking joke. Uh but we had the party was great, John's asleep now. I'm watching the closing seconds of Tennessee, uh, to use your word, butt fucking Kentucky on national TV. It's been just, you know, we've had so few days like this in the last, I don't know, three, four, five years. It feels very good to have this right now. Um, let's get into it now. Louisville wins 48 to 21. And I, I, I want to start with kind of what you were alluding to the first half. Like, <laughs> to me, like, like, the best thing about this win was the way that it started because the first two qu- first two quarters it's everything it's like the ent- entire Scott Satterfield frustration experience in a nutshell you know we're settling for field goals we're getting awful calls you know the the, the officials just royally screw us at least three times whether it was a terrible PI on Keytrail Clark the non overturned touchdown pass is I still don't know how you look at that ball on the ground and, and don't overturn it the 
not calling the fumble on Sam Hartman when they said his forward progress was stopped. All that shit happening, and then a non-existent holding call to make James Turner try to hit three field goals in a row, and he finally misses the last one. It was everything that has frustrated us about the last like three years under Satterfield, and I think we all went into the half thinking, like, here we go. Like we we know how this ends. We're going to get screwed. We're going to end up playing close. We're going to feel like we had this game in hand. And then something is going to happen where we look back at that first half and say, you know, we should have been up by more. We should have been up by two scores. And we end up losing by, I don't know, three, seven, ten points. Like, that's how it felt. And then to to have the total role reversal of that, it made me think after the game, like, I'm glad the first half happened. It, it made winning by that much a billion times sweeter. The fact that, like, we tried to get fucked by the refs again in against Wake Forest. We you know, were seemingly doing all the little things wrong in the red zone that had plagued us earlier in the season, and yet we still turn around and, like, against all odds, in a game that it feels like we lose 10 times out of 10 times in the last three years, we run away and win by 27. I, that third quarter, I'll just... I mean, Wake Forest had had five turnovers the entire season. They had six in that quarter. We outscored them 35 to nothing. I still don't really like, I kind of believe what I saw, Dan. Yeah, that that was like a second half of Big East Championship Syracuse game. Yeah, like, yeah it, for it sure. It just absolutely avalanche so fast that as a fan, you almost like can't even believe what happened. Um, I, I do think, like, I, I know, like, in the first half, it was a little bit close, but we laid so many hits on Hartman that I really think it got to him in the second half. Like, he definitely was, you know, I know they do that little delayed, you know, kind of run option pass or whatever, but um, it, it, it seemed like he was hearing footsteps the entire time. And the, the, the crazy part is we couldn't even, like, even the first drive of the, the, the third quarter, like, uh, Yasir causes the sack fumble, and we get no points out of it. I'm like, Jesus, is this really – this is going to be, like, the most tantalizing loss ever. And then from there, you know, we get the pick six from Clark and things, you know, tie on breaks one and just all hell broke loose. So um, I'm just, like, so happy for the guys. I'm, I, I mean, geez. Hey, I was the first one. I, I'd, I'd dog Brian Brown for the last two to three years. I mean, it seems like something has clicked with this defense because they are playing out of their absolute minds right now. So, um, God, just so goddamn happy. Uh, I know the crowd was a little sparse. I'm not going to, like, really, you know, dwell on that because I I really think this is going to strike some excitement back in the program. That was an absolute statement win. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. The the crowd – I thought it was going to be better. It wasn't. Whatever. Um, the, the crowd that was there once again was fantastic. They were. They were. Uh, they were great while they were there. They did storm the field, which you know I said going into it, like I, I'd say no, but I don't. I could not care less. It, it also like rubbing it in Dave Clawson's face made me feel great, and also like right before we got to recording this, one of our uh, best friends' wives, who is a he's a UK fan. She sent me a video of his kids storming the field. So, like, that made it even better. I'm like, hell yeah, get out there, yeah. man. You know, rub, it in, rub it in Jim's face a little bit. Uh, but it was just, like you said, beautiful night overall. By the way, the 35 points that Louisville scored in the third quarter against Wake Forest, that ties the most points that any team has ever scored against a top 10 opponent in one quarter. The only other times it's been done before, USC did it against Notre Dame, who was number five in 1974. Uh, Nebraska did it against Oklahoma State in 1988 when they were number 10. And Oklahoma did it against Texas Tech, who was number two back in 2008. So the goddamn cards are back. The, 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 the cards are back. We're feeling good. 
We're making history. Scott's defense is changing everything. I've got frustrated UK. Like, I, I couldn't help it watching this game. I was like, do I make the asshole joke about UK? I'm like, no. And then as it went on, I'm like, I've got to do it. The, the night's young. How many times do you get this opportunity? Right. And so I had to make the tweet about, you know, some teams in late October, they, they blow out top 10 opponents. Some teams in late October, they get blown out by top 10 opponents. It's just Yeah, that's it's, one. It's I mean, if we got to wear that later, we'll fucking wear it. I mean, let's celebrate today. It was an absolute great day. Hell, UCF beat Cincinnati. Last time I checked, I haven't checked the score lately, Pitt was up on North Carolina. Dare I say, like, we're actually, uh, you know, pretty goddamn legit. Uh, I mean, I just keep looking at these last four games. I'm like, you know, NC State vulnerable. We've, you know, like you said, James Madison's lost twice in a row. Um, I don't know, man. We'll, we'll we'll see what happens, but it just doesn't seem like we have had this type of momentum within the program for a long time. The recruits are loving it. They're on Twitter boasting about the program, the defense. I mean, just. Just absolute good vibes right now all around. I mean, I've got a million UK fans right now. I just check the mentions that are just bringing up the scores of the last three-year games. And I mean, here's the deal. Is it even fair at this point to reference Louisville football before Scott Satterfield started working with the defense? Yeah, I, I mean, not. The whole, the whole era doesn't it, – it's null and void to me at this point. Like anything that happened before Satterfield started working with the defense just we doesn't count. We call it count. BS like, I think before it's a, Sat. Like, you know, it's like before, 16 BC. No, 16 BS before SAT. It's BSD yeah. before SAT's D. Like, that's, yeah, that's all in the past. I, I just, it's not even fair to bring that up. It, it's, you know, it's like UK bringing up their national titles from the, the 1930s. You know, we, you know, half the country couldn't even play at that point. Like, the, you know, it's, it's a different game. That's the way it was with our defense before Satterfield started working with it. So, you know, get off our dick. Like, that's, you know, yeah. it, it's, it's, you're bringing up stuff that's total non No, I agree. But, I, this, I mean, like, like you said, these days for us have been far and few between. Like, of course, I'm gonna fucking revel in it. Like, Jesus, like this was a huge, a, a top ten dominating win. Like, I'm gonna throw all the shots I can out there. Here's the weirdest thing about the game to me, besides the fact that our defense had eight turnovers and eight sacks against an offense that just does not do that in Wake Forest. They, I mean, they don't shoot themselves in the foot. They're totally efficient, and we made them look ridiculous today. But the weirdest thing about today's game is, I think you and I, we said it on the podcast on, God, that was yesterday, Friday. It feels like it was three days ago. We both were like, if Malik Cunningham isn't markedly better than he's been this season and certainly better than he was against Pitt last week, like we've got no shot in this game. Like, like The offense has to step up. We know Wake's going to score points. Like The offense has to be really really good Malik I mean was okay he he certainly made some good throws early in the first half but the numbers 15 of 23 164 yards no touchdowns no interceptions he ran the ball fairly effectively nine carries 38 yards two touchdowns on the ground but it wasn't like Malik just you know miraculously found his inner Lamar Jackson and lit up Wake Forest this was all the defense setting up stuff and it was also I'll give you know we're kind of joking about the Scots defense stuff uh, you got to give Satterfield legitimate props for I mean the play calling right. like the, the flea flicker he busts that out Braden Smith we bring out the Braden Smith weapon for the second time in as many weeks and he's three of three this season with three three huge completions like it was outside of the when we got up 20 to 14 and we had the chance to, we got the next turnover 
and we got stopped on four downs, and we ran the ball. Basically, we basically ran the same play three plays in a row, including the fourth and one play. Outside of that, I thought the play calling was really good. I think Satterfield and Lance Taylor and whoever else is involved in all that deserve tons of praise because the offense it wasn't like they were pristine in the first half. But in the second half, they made every play they had to make to gain separation. And then, of course, like the defense just did the rest. I, I was checking on Twitter during the game, and, I mean, Keith Wynn hit it exactly on point. It was definitely, uh, you know, you could see it from the onset. We could run on these guys from, like, a hand-the-ball-off standpoint all day. Yeah. And, like, we had a couple keepers there with Malik. It was like, Jesus, let's just turn around and hand the ball off. And, I think they started to recognize that in a little bit in the second half. But, I mean, you're right. Like, that's that's a couple weeks in a row where bringing out some sort of, like, trick play. I mean, last week, geez, it changed the game, that throwback pass to Malik. That was a huge play. And then, obviously, you had Braden this week um, for the touchdown. So, yeah, I mean, credit to him. It was nice to see Tyon get loose and break one. It's like, all right, like, yeah. hopefully that's, like, the beginning and that, like, you know – kind of the icebreaker where he can get going a little bit because I, I know it's in him to where he can have those type of runs. I feel like we're going to see more later on in the season, but I mean, we just dominated on both sides of the ball. I mean, offensive line, defensive line, we absolutely dominated and that, you know, that's what you got to do to be a successful program. And that's two weeks in a row, especially on the defensive side of the ball where, I mean, my God, like, it's not just, I mean, you see her last week, obviously like he stood out, but, I mean, we were getting contributions for everyone. And obviously, shout-outs to, you know, Keetrell Clark. I mean, they were picking on him all day. And yeah. for him to come up and step up with that pick six, I know, you know, Riley gets one later in the game. But I don't know. It seems like everyone stepped up. How about the lateral from Monty Montgomery? <laughs> like, which, by the way, I had a heart attack. Didn't love it at the time. <laughs> Did not love it at the time. I'll be honest. Didn't When he looked at pitch the first time, I was like, no, 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 no. And then he – you knew he's gonna do it again. I was like, I'm all. I almost died. Body's so backyard. I love it. Like you could just tell. Like he's done that a million yeah. times in practice. Uh, but yeah, what he was doing, I had the exact same reaction. But credit to him, he pulled it off. We got down to you know the uh, the red zone there. But I don't know. I mean, geez, just everyone looks like they're having fun. Uh, the defense is playing loose and fast. And God, it seems like every time we bring pressure, good things happen. Um, I know there was a couple times in the first half we kind of sat back a little bit, but I mean the pass rush in the second half. I mean, my God, it, like the jumps that Yasir gets off the line are insane. Like the He's his so strip good. sack, like he was in the backfield before like Sam Hartman hit like his second step of his three step drop. Like he was already there to meet him. So um, he, he has taken his play to a different level. And it seems like we have guys improving all over the place. So just really fun to watch right now. We mentioned this, um, the 35 points against a top 10 team, how remarkable that was, how rare that is historically tied for the most ever against a top 10 team. The 35 points were also a new or tied the old record for most points by a Louisville team in a quarter via Kelly Dickey at Real Card Game on Twitter. Uh, the only other time Louisville's ever scored 35 points in a quarter, they scored 35 in the fourth in a 100 to nothing <laughs> win over Washington, Tennessee on October 18th, 1913. Kind of a dick move by the Cards, <laughs> scoring 35 <laughs> points in the fourth quarter of a 100 to nothing win. Uh, but we, a little bit more with the game in doubt uh, today. Uh, that's kind of unreal. Also, this is the, I don't think we mentioned this on the pod. I think I mentioned it on the radio show. 
This is the first time under Scott Satterfield where Louisville has now won three consecutive games against FBS opponents. Uh, they had a three-game winning streak in 2019, but one of those games was against Eastern Kentucky. So this has never happened before under Satterfield. If we win next week, it'll be his first four-game winning streak as, as UFL's head coach, period. And obviously the good vibes are going to be plentiful. I mean, this is you can't you really can't overstate just how big this is, not just for changing the overall perception of the season, but I think for changing the overall perception and direction of the Scott Satterfield era here at Louisville and to make a I don't know if you've seen this I know you've been out with the family I think to kind of further that point there was video in the locker room after the game of like Josh Hurd goes down there he takes the game ball and he he gives this whole speech about like you know Scott Satterfield's been coaching a long time this man's done a lot in his career there's one thing he had never done which was beat a top 10 team and he gives him the game ball the place goes crazy and it certainly felt like I'm not saying Scott Satterfield's job is safe regardless of what happens here. If they lose out, I think that he's still probably in jeopardy. But it certainly felt like Josh Hurd kind of making that definitive, like, you're our guy, way to get it done, let's keep this thing rolling. It it definitely felt like a moment in the locker room for for Scott Satterfield here at UVO. That's great. I'm excited to watch that. Like, just think where we were three weeks ago after Boston College. Like, the 180, you know, and... Gosh, that's why, I mean, geez, like we do these pods every week and uh, sometimes, I, I mean, I, I'm guilty of it. I, I, I'm probably more negative than I should be. Um, but, I mean, that's total credit to Scott Satterfield for kind of keeping the, the, the ship tight and keeping everything together because that could have got out of control very quickly after the Boston College loss. And, you know, for them to come back and win three straight and then obviously top it off with the top ten win, just unbelievable, and I mean, gosh, and I, you know, I'm I'm the guy right now that's kind of looking ahead. I mean, geez, we got a shot here for a nice little season. Uh, you know, I'm yeah. gonna take it one game at a time here, but uh, some of these games are looking more gettable out of these last four. Um, but you know, I will say, I say that, and then like when Malik scored his rushing touchdown in the third quarter and like waved at the Wake Forest fan base, I was like, don't do that shit, Malik. We still got a, <laughs> we still got a quarter and a half to play. Um, so like, obviously, you know, old man talking to the clouds here, but uh, I will say I am very excited for the last four weeks and I would have never have really probably said that three weeks ago. So um, that's a total credit to the coaching staff of what they've done with this. No, for sure. I mean, I I, th- I do think you still need to get the passing game clicking a little bit more. Um, it was nice to see Malik. He, he made some really good throws, especially to Tyler Hudson. I think that the throw that he made in the first drive of the third quarter, the little third and ten. Tyler had a good game. Was, he had a nice game. Tyler was yeah. great. T- Tyler was good. They got Amari Huggins Bruce a little bit more involved. Is this he? Week I saw him, him getting down. Back in the Is game. he okay? Did he come back in the game? He came okay. back in the game. So, so that was good. Um, I mean, you just the overall. I think feeling amongst the program. I mean, the kids aren't immune to this. They see what people are saying. They know what's being said, even if they don't listen to radio shows or dumbass podcasts like this one. Like, they know what the what what the word is out there. And I think it's why you saw, I don't know if you saw this either. I saw, I, actually, I didn't see it live. I saw it right before we started recording here. Like, Keetrell Clark was interviewed on the field after the game. He and Quincy Riley, uh, two guys who had pick sixes on, on Saturday, and he like started crying, giving his answer, talking about That's how awesome. like you know they, they put so much into this week, and you know they knew that there were so many people thinking that they couldn't get this done, and like he like had to break off his answer because he was getting so emotional, and that was awesome. I mean, he had his little thing where 
he was getting into it with uh, with the, the Banks kid for Wake Forest. They were clearly going going at it. Wake was definitely targeting him early, and he should have been credited for a great play, knocking the ball out of Banks' hand at the goal line. Instead, Banks gets the touchdown catch, and then Clark is dominant after that. He has the, I think, finishes with five tackles. He gets kind of a BS personal foul penalty, but that's okay. Uh, has the pick six, has another pass breakup. I mean, he was everywhere. I thought he was like, he, he was playing like the all-ACC corner that we thought we were going to get all season long, and it was really, really good to see. No, 100%. And, like, he's someone I, I feel like at the beginning of the year, um, like, I – and that, this was probably just my expectations were too high for him coming off the injury that he had. Um, I, I was like, man, like, you know, it doesn't seem like he's the, the same player as he was that, that we saw before the injury, but – it does seem like he's rounding into form. Um, but, I mean, geez, you could say that about everyone in the defense. Like, I, I, like yeah. the entire defense, like, everyone was making plays. I, I, I feel bad, like, even singling one person out because, you know, uh, it was just everyone all over the place. So, um, it, maybe, you know, hey, sometimes these systems take a while to get down and, maybe for whatever reason it just started to click on on that side of the ball for some of these guys and I hope that's the case um but with that being said you know can't can't get too big of a head here and this is a great win I'm I'm totally pumped they should celebrate as hard as they want to uh but you know if if for whatever reason we went out and laid an egg next week that would kind of wipe out all the fun we had this week so um I'm, I'm going to celebrate this win hard. Well, it's like I am celebrating this win hard. Um, <laughs> it's like if you couldn't tell. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I'm. It's it's awesome with the fact we got basketball right around the corner. Like, I, I, I feel like I, I got an extra, extra pep in my step. Yeah, I mean, we got I mean, hell exhibition game tomorrow for the first time under Kenny Payne against Lenore Ryan. That's going to be exciting to see the cards play somebody else. It's just – yeah, it, it feels really good to be in this spot right now. The one thing, and I know we try to keep on podcasts like this, we try to keep the unbridled enthusiasm. So the one, I, I can't stop myself from thinking this, is, God, we should have had the BC game. We should have had the Florida State game. You, you, you try not to think about it, but we are so close to being 7-1 and one right now and being ranked, I don't know, I mean, probably somewhere in the top 15 after this win. Um that's college I mean, football, just, though, man. Like, it's it's it really is. hard to like have all the breaks go your way, like pretty much all season. And we've seen that even in Louisville's successful seasons. It's like Jesus, how do we lose to Central Florida? Like, God, how do we blow that game to Miami? Um, but you know, I don't know. Like, for this team, I'm just glad they didn't fold. I'm glad they righted the ship. Um, yeah, did those losses suck? Of course they suck, but. I think it's more about getting momentum back for the program, and I think they've done that right now. I think, I mean, if Louisville, they now have, I think, two, certainly you should beat James Madison next week. I don't want to jump ahead. I know that they've been a top 25 team at points this season, but Louisville's probably going to be a a double-digit favorite for that game next week. You feel like you should win that game against James Madison. Then you have three games against teams that are currently ranked in the top 25. (laughs) We'll see what happens with UK after tonight. Um, you've got three teams that are in the top 25, have been top 25 good for most of the season. If you get one of those and go, get to 7-5, and five, I think that, like, like, I don't think Louisville fans are, are throwing a parade or anything for that, but I think most Louisville fans, like, that, they're satisfied, especially if you, if you get to 7-5, and five, 
you keep this recruiting class intact, I think then most Louisville fans are like, okay, you know, let's ride, to use the phrase that you've <laughs> been using con- constantly. <laughs> let's ride. I, I mean, eight and four, obviously, like that's th- no question about it. If you, if you get a, especially if you get a win over Kentucky after what they've done to us the last three times they've played, or Clemson, who's you know, right in the thick of the college football playoff, uh, we can have that discussion at a later date. Which of those two wins would you rather have right now? Uh, but if you get one of them, and you take care of James Madison and maybe beat NC State without Devin Leary. All of a sudden, you're talking about this being like a really, really great season when just three weeks ago, like you, me, everybody listening, we all thought like this is done. Like, like you may as well fire him right now. Uh, that's a, a hell of a turnaround. Like you said, don't want to get ahead, but certainly right now there's a path to having a season that every Louisville fan looks at and says pretty damn good. It's like, yeah, I don't want to get ahead. It's like as I set my alarm for 6 a.m. to check Brett McMurphy's updated BCS bowl <laughs> projections, I'm like, is there a path to the Orange Bowl? <laughs> um, but no, I mean, in all serious, you're exactly right. Uh, I, I mean, I'll even go to like, like, I know you said like, hey, we'll, we'll probably be a double digit favorite. And I know you're not assuming it, uh, you know, against James Madison, but. Hey, I'm. I, there's no opponent like that. This team should take lightly, and I'm not saying they're going to. Um, so I hope sure. that they gear up for this team just as hard as they geared up for Wake Forest. So um, we'll, we'll take that game, see what happens, and then when we get to the last three. But you know, right now, as a as the bourbon is going down, if you ask me which win I'd rather have, Kentucky or Clemson. I mean, the way I look at it, if we beat Kentucky after the kind of the momentum we have and kind of maybe the downward swing they're having and what we're doing recruiting, it feels like almost things would flip in our direction. Um, like, you know, that, like, proverbial flip that we've been looking for for a while. So I would actually rather have that win because, hey, if Clemson wants to represent us in the ACC <laughs> as in the college football playoff again, like, all right, I guess so. We'll have another ACC representative. So I would choose those out of the two, but um, we'll get to that at a later date. Let's just beat James Madison. I actually agree with you as we both like try not to look ahead and just keep talking about it. Like I, I, I would choose UK because I think nobody has like, what is tank Scott Satterfield more than anything yeah. else? And it, it's not, it's not everything, but those three, U, those two UK like games. Scott, turn off the twice. pod. Scott, turn off the pod. Scott, turn off the pod. <laughs> like, those have had more of a negative effect on him than I think anything else that's happened the last three years. Um, and I know we didn't play him in 2020. If, if he could flip that, especially with it being the last game of the year, there's certainly a recency uh, bias in play. I think the fan base would be thrilled. Having said that, if we could beat those motherfuckers in Clemson, ruin their national title this hopes, true. and then watch – watch their sorry asses have to storm their own field because I've never seen they claim that they do it after every game win or lose they don't lose much at home if if we watch them like trot their asses out like every Clemson player knowing that their national title dreams have been like just destroyed and getting asked to you know toss the ball around with eight-year-old Johnny son of a bitch and having to do that like that would almost be worth it I'm I still lean UK, but oh God, either one of those would be very, very. Sweet. Just, but like just you said, know if we do lose to James Madison, this will be scrubbed from the internet. This entire part of the podcast <laughs> will not be on the internet. So, just getting that out there in case you guys go back to look for it. There's another fan base look for it. It won't be here. So let's focus on James Madison, guys. I love that we keep trying to focus on it now, and then just keep just glancing. The last five minutes has been us saying. Prefacing every comment with, we'd love to focus on that and then just not focusing on that. I'd love to, let's get back to the topic at hand here. 
what could we possibly re-rank to start next season if everything goes well down the stretch? Jesus. Could we be top 15? <laughs> oh, my God. I can't even do this right now. I mean, hell, it, it's been a while since we've we, we've been able to do this. So, you know, hey, if our minds go a little crazy, I'm sorry. We forget how it feels, okay? We haven't done this in a little bit, but um, – yeah, I mean, if you want to put us in, like, top 19, that works for me. I don't care. Oh, man. Uh, also, by the way, Wake Forest clock operator, if you're listening, fuck you. That that was for you. That la- the last, by the I way, know, if they would have scored on the you. last play of the first half, I would be six feet underground right now. I swear, <laughs> to, I was like, there is no way this is going to happen again. Like, I literally was like, Colin, get the shovel. I am going under our backyard if they score here. I, I you know I feel worst for tonight for as far as Louisville's concerned is poor James Turner. He has his streak of like eleven yeah, consecutive made field goals. He's he drills two in a row that call a bullshit holding call and, and then he has to hit a third in a row and he can't do it. I was like, Dude, give Turner a goddamn break. Like let let the man he's he's in the zone. Don't throw him off his game. Scott's been working with him too. Scott's making plays with the special teams. I felt bad for him that he had the streak broken, but James was rock solid as well as always. Uh, I mean. And any final shout-outs that we need to give here? The whole defense. I guess we probably should. We're making jokes about Scott Satterfield. We have to give props to Brian oh, Brown. Dude. I mean, he really. D- Brian Brown. He's the, the actual the actual architect, I think, unless, you know, the, the rumors about Scott calling all the defensive plays, which I don't believe are actually true. Brian Brown, what a, what a turnaround. You know the man. scene in, like, Elf when, like, Buddy's right apology, and he's like, <laughs> He's like, sorry for putting 16 cookies in the VCR or whatever. I forget what he says. Like, that's going to be me. Like, if, like, we end up with, like, a top 15 defense by the end of the year. Like, I mean, this guy has really got everyone to buy in. Um, And I will be the first to be like, hey, hand up. Uh, Totally was wrong about this. Now, Grant, we still have four games left, so I'm I'm not going to go all in yet, but I mean, the last couple games is just, it looks like a completely different team. And, and credit to him, man. That's awesome. Yeah, I don't really, I mean, I don't even know what else to say. Just uh, unreal performance by the defense. Louisville had forced uh, six turnovers. I think this is just the six turnovers in the third quarter. Second FBS team over the last 15 seasons to force six turnovers in any quarter. The only other team to do it was uh, Oklahoma State in 2010 against Mississippi. All the records set in this game are just outrageous. Uh, the one that we haven't mentioned, Louisville, just their seventh win all-time against a top-ten opponent, their first since that uh, the, the, the famous 2016 game against Florida State where Lamar went nuts. Uh, I mean, look, we don't beat top-ten teams often. When we do, we just fucking rail them. That's, <laughs> I, I guess, the moral here. I, I mean, if, if you're a top-ten team coming to Cardinal Stadium, you might win or you might lose by 50. That's the, their only two options, apparently. Uh, Cards now 7-27-1 all-time against top-ten teams. So, I mean, this is... Like that number right there. Like if you're talking, if you're wondering whether or not we should be celebrating this much, it's just Wake Forest, whatever. We've only beaten a top ten team seven times in the history of this program, which spans for over a hundred years. So fuck, go celebrate. We got uh, you know UK ass beatings done. We kicked Wake Forest ass. We got Jack Harlow about to host SNL. Our boy. This is a good night. This is this is a night worth celebrating. These don't come along all the time. No, hundred percent. Hope the bourbon's flowing back in uh, back in the home state of Kentucky there. Glad John John had a good birthday. What what did he did he go all in on the cake? Did he smash it? Oh, no was hesitation. He was reserved. He was all about it. I love it. That, he he was a, all that, about it. That's a he good didn't... sign. That's like the groundhog seeing his shadow. 
didn't hesitate, went all in, was loving it, was smashing it, was clapping, was having a great time, loved opening his presents, loved being the center of attention. He, he, he had himself a nice little night. It was a great night all the way around. Do you have any parting thoughts that you'd like to get out before we get out of here? I don't know. I feel like I'm – I don't know what the sleeping arrangements are with, like, all my family members here. But, like, I'm watching through the window. I feel like I'm somehow going to end up on some sort of couch. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> credit, credit to the cards, man. That was awesome. So happy. Um, let's beat James Madison next week. I hope Sat pours a big bourbon for himself. Go Cards. Go Sat. Go Fans. Go Storm of the Field. Go Defense. Go Brian Brown. Go Scott Stee. Suck a D, Dave Clawson. Go Cards. Go Cards, baby.